Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Before we get started with today's show, I want to tell you guys about betonline.ag. Happy New Year, everybody. It's the first week of the 2024 sports calendar, and even though football season may be over, and even though our bet of blue Gatorade at the Super Bowl dunking Andy Reid did not cash, we are still giving you a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you head to Bet Online Sportsbook with the link in the description to this episode and use our promo code BELIEVE. Use that 50% welcome bonus to bet on basketball. Maybe you're into the pro, maybe you're into the college, maybe you're into Caitlin Clark setting the all-time scoring record in the history of college basketball. However you choose to bet, 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the link in the description to this episode. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, Kyle, so early on in the season, particularly in the preseason, we were critical of Baker Mayfield. We were wondering what the future of Mike Evans would be an uh, impending free agent for the Buccaneers. Uh, but now, obviously, this team won a playoff game. They were within a score of going to the NFC Championship game. Are we looking at Baker Mayfield and thinking, man, is this guy about to make $40 million a year moving forward? I wouldn't go that far, but we definitely have to rethink the way that we thought about this Bucks team and thought about Baker Mayfield because we did a video preseason talking about Baker Mayfield and the Bucks quarterback battle. And the thing that I talked about, and I thought this was one of my best, like well-articulated points about like the psychology of, of star athletes and what it takes to be someone like Baker Mayfield, who is, he hasn't been the chip on his shoulder guy. He has been the put a boulder on my shoulders guy, like his entire career. It has been about proving the haters wrong. It has been about underdog story. Nobody believed in me. I've had to take the hard route and and people have always doubted me. And this is the first time in his career that the, the doubts ended up being true about Baker Mayfield. That it's like, you have reached the the point of your athletic ability where you cannot be the star quarterback who just wills his team through grit and tenacity because you are six foot two and you're going up against six foot seven giants that are all smart and athletic and able to defend you in a way that makes you obsolete as a quarterback in three different locations. Baker Mayfield came out here and one more time said fuck you to all of us who thought that Baker Mayfield needed to adjust his psychology and we were talking about whether or not he would last as a backup in the league and I talked about how a lot of that came down to the psychology of does he adjust from being the the ultra competitive boulder on his shoulder guy to then being the 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 teammate backup quarterback all that stuff and uh Baker Mayfield doesn't have to worry about that anymore because he he's going to be the Bucks franchise quarterback for the next call it two, three, four years. And, and Baker Mayfield is going to defy the odds and have a 10 year career as a starter in the NFL. There was kind of a weird detour in between with like half a season on the ran- or I'm sorry, half a season on the Panthers. But <laughs> Baker Mayfield's going to going to yeah. have a 10 year career as a starter in the NFL. And if you have a 10 year career as a starter in the NFL, you are like Derek Carr like that's And that being where Baker Mayfield ends up is remarkable. Just a truly, truly incredible career. He's already hell. He's already won two playoff games. Maybe Derek Carr is selling him <laughs> a little bit short. Like, yeah, Baker Mayfield honestly, is, is incredible in terms of career arc. Yeah, he's miles ahead of Derek Carr because Derek Carr also took over a 
troubled franchise, you know, similar to what Baker did with the Cleveland Browns and managed to turn it around into a playoff victory. I do find it funny, the parallels between his two playoff wins facing a struggling team from Pennsylvania and Pittsburgh and Philadelphia that started off their seasons hot and ended up finishing poorly. But hey, it doesn't matter by hook or by crook. You get those playoff wins regardless. You go down as like a all-time performer in terms of your ability to produce in the postseason. You know, I was critical on Todd Bowles early on, and you asked me in the group chat, do I owe Todd Bowles an apology? I still feel no, only because they won this NFC South that was a trash NFC South. And then you see the decision at the end of the Lions game where he decides not to take his time out and probably give his team like 30 seconds left to just try and do something, you know, right? Like, come on, Todd Bowles. Like, really? (laughs) (laughs) Like, okay. okay. understand if they make the kick, it's an 11-point lead and you're not coming back from that. Sure, I get that. But the Lions kicker, many people have pointed out, has missed kicks of that length throughout the season. So maybe he misses that kick and you're still down eight points, 30 seconds to drive. You can make something happen. I mean, put Mike Evans in a jump ball situation. I mean, or Chris okay, Godwin, you okay. have two wide receiver ones. Stuff happens. I mean, in Baker Mayfield, he does have a good arm. So he can do a Hail Mary if you need to make it happen. Todd Bowles, I still think deserves some criticism. We'll see how the Bucks come back next year. But um, as far as Baker again, too, like, yeah, it's been a hell of a ride. Good on Baker. Um, the fact that we were even talking about him versus Kyle Trask just seems silly looking back on it. He he will get at least, like you said, that three to four year deal for sure. He's going to be in Tampa. Like, I, I'm sure there's going to be some interest from some other teams. But I think for Baker, just stay in Tampa. I, I think that the fans like you now. They've embraced you. They know who you are. Uh, they'll treat you better than they did in Cleveland. They'll treat you better than they did in Carolina. Uh, Tampa seems like a good area for you. Coming off, you've mentioned this before, the high of uh, winning a Super Bowl with Tom Brady. Uh, The fans are less thirsty for their next Super Bowl win. So there's less pressure there. I'm not saying there's no pressure. Teams want to win. Players want to win. Mike Evans would like to get another ring in his career, I'm sure. Chris Godwin would like to get another ring in his career, I'm sure. But you're not like immediately, okay, next year, the Bucks. NFC contenders right now. No, you're, you're looking at them like, okay, maybe they can just keep building and building <laughs> like three to four years of Baker Mayfield's not a bad thing. And yeah, you know, I think for Baker too, like another thing that impacts his legacy is just his draft class. You know, we see Lamar Jackson, we see Josh Allen, who, although him and Baker's career success is probably parallel in terms of like uh, the wins losses relatively. Uh, we know we, that Josh Allen is a superior talent miles ahead of Sam Darnold. <laughs> that was a pop- popular comp back in the day, right? Colin Coward oh, yeah, is still going sure. on about it to this day that he thought Sam Darnold is a better draft prospect than Baker Mayfield. Uh, Josh Rosen, where's that guy now? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But on a tennis yeah. court somewhere? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out Josh Rosen, whatever you're doing now. Uh, the the U the USXFL is starting soon. Maybe maybe he'll be out there on the whatever merged league is out there. Maybe he's not good enough for that. Who knows? Um, okay, so the Baker Mayfield thing that's interesting is like so 
they have probably bought themselves two years. I mean, I say they should have bought themselves two years in Tampa, but also I acknowledge that Pete Carroll just got fired by the Seahawks like one year after the magical Geno Smith season. So who knows? Maybe it's only one year, but maybe if Baker does get the $40 million contract, it'll probably be like the the Derek Carr $37 million a year contract where it's like it's a four-year contract, but it's really a two-year contract because all the guarantees are structured in the front. Maybe that's the deal that Baker gets this offseason is like a four-year that's really a two-year deal or something like that. And, and him and Bulls get two more years together to kind of build upon the success that they've had this season. But you kind of hit the nail on the head when it comes to like expectations and building on this team. I made this joke last week. The Tampa organization is not real. Like they went they went eight and eight and eight with Jameis Winston throwing 30 touchdowns and 30 interceptions, swapped out a, a left tackle and Tom Brady and ended up going to the Super Bowl in their first year while changing like nothing else on the team. They just put in Tom Brady, put in a left tackle, went to the Super Bowl, beat Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl, which still doesn't make sense. And then two years later, they went eight and nine with Tom Brady. And then after going eight and nine with Tom Brady, they put in Baker Mayfield and went nine and eight and won a playoff game. Like nothing about the, this organization is not real. Like nothing about this team makes sense. Let's pr- stop pretending like Tampa well, makes well, what, any sense. What is real is they have talent. They have playmakers. This is still a good roster. That's that's the thing that I learned oh, from yeah. this season. This is still a good roster. Like you compare it to the Super Bowl roster. Yeah, there's okay. We don't have AB or Namda Kinsu still on there. Obviously, we don't have Tom Brady in his relative prime, his back end prime that we saw in his early 40s. 44 year old prime. Yeah, his 44 year old prime. Because there's at this point, I just say there's like three different primes for Tom Brady, right? <laughs> Most yeah. athletes get one prime. He gets three. Tom Brady in his back end prime. You know, obviously those are things you lose. Baker Mayfield, even at his best, is not Tom Brady. Let's just put that out there. But at the same time, like, uh, is he comparable to, I guess, what was it last year, Tom, 45-year-old Tom Brady? Okay. He was, yeah, yeah he was better. He was better than, than last year, Tom Brady. No question. Because with a team that everyone said would go 5-12 and 12 after Tom Brady left, they ended up making it to the playoffs with yeah. a better record than Tom Brady and beating the Eagles. Well, yeah, Rashad the White, you know, they figured something out there. They have a good running back in Rashad White, a potentially great running back in Rashad White if he continues like he was in the back half of the season. Another big variable is can they keep Mike Evans on this roster moving forward? And I feel like they will. I feel like if they're going to resign Baker, they're going to make every effort to resign Mike Evans because Mike Evans we talked about this. We talked about this when we were doing the video on him earlier in the year. He's one of their ring of honor type players, right? He's one of the guys that just is going to be synonymous with their franchise forever. Probably one of the greatest bucks of all time. So yeah, they want to make uh, Mike Evans finish his career there if possible. It just, what is Mike Evans desire move forward? Does he just want to uh, stay in Tampa or does he want to possibly chase another ring like what what does he look at the bucks and think of them as next year he knows he can get to the playoffs with them at the very least that's something that you can do that you can work with he knows that you could at least win a playoff game with them does he believe that you can win a championship with them they would need to have to do do a lot more roster building around this like i don't know what the next uh step for them as far as like building out this roster will be you probably maybe have to reload on defense even a little bit more um you're not going to get much better than the wide receiver combos the running back combos they have still a decent offensive line they have there but i mean if there certainly there's a 
talent that drops to them that they feel they can improve that line. Sure. <laughs> Mike, I, I, Mike Evans, Buffalo Bills, question mark. Mike Evans. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, if Stefan Diggs is no longer there, they definitely do need a wide receiver one. I mean, most, a lot of people have thrown out Kansas City as well as a potential. Kansas, oh, Mike don't Evans don't let him go spot. there. Don't let don't let them replace MVS with Mike Evans. Don't let that happen. That's going to be dangerous for everyone involved. <laughs> that will really be scary. So it really just depends on, again, like what does Mike Evans want from the back half of his career moving forward? Because he's got the ring. If he's satisfied with one ring, he just wants to earn more money. And he feels like I've lived in Tampa for like 10 years. Let me go ahead and just stay in Tampa. Then, you know, like they might be able to bring him back on a reasonable hometown discount, potentially. You know, if he's in the market for another ring, there's going to be suitors that want Mike Evans. He's still good. He's still really good. That's what the back half of the season showed me. The Mike Evans is still elite. He's still in that top 10 of wide receivers. Like, not many people are going to beat him in a jump ball situation. He's still someone that is scary and defenses have to plan around, like, whenever they're making their game plans. We'll see what happens there. Baker has already put it out there. You know, if I'm back here, I want Mike back here. So, hey, maybe Baker takes a little discount, too, to keep Mike <laughs> Evans. That would be smarter for Baker. If if I'm, I'm Baker, you know, and because Baker's on a mission to also prove some things. I might start doing a little bit of the Tom Brady strategy. You're, you know you're going to make at least $20 million, potentially $30 million a year. But if you could take a slight discount to keep a guy like Mike Evans, do it. Do it. I mean, Let, let's let's slow your roll here, Buckaroo Baker Mayfield, thinking he can come in here and be like, if I'm sticking around, I want Mike Evans back. Buddy, they will give you the contract they offer you. <laughs> My guy, let's not get too crazy here, Baker Mayfield, about I'm going to demand that this player and this player come back. Because honestly, the thing that hasn't been talked about a ton is like, I don't I, they can kind of replace Chris Godwin. I know that's kind of crazy to think about because two years ago, he was so instrumental to what they did in the Super Bowl. But if you saw what Palmer was doing for them this season, like they they have an opportunity to replace Chris Godwin at value and potentially use that money to address some of those shortcomings you were talking about. Maybe they get an offensive lineman. Uh, they only have one competent corner now. And Jamel Dean played an amazing game against Detroit. Oh, shout out to Jamel Dean. I know he left with an, uh, an injury in the third quarter of that game, but Jamel Dean was absolutely putting in work in that game against Detroit, like palpable how great he was playing. They need some more corners in there. Maybe maybe they take that money, bring back Mike Evans and try and find value at other receiver positions. I think Godwin would be the one that goes, especially because they can trade him. And if they choose to push a bunch of his dead cap money to next year, they would save like 20 million against the cap for next season. So I, I think Godwin, move on from Godwin and bring back Mike Evans is the better strategy if Tampa's going that route at the receiver position and then kind of work to address some of those issues in the passing game. Like, it was so weird that Devin White essentially got benched at the end of the season this year. I thought that was really weird. They And KJ Wright was the best option they had, which when they had Levante David in his prime, like I would understand that decision, but they just went like KJ Wright just because Devin White is so bad in passing coverage. And the only reason that Devin White was so effective the year they won the Super Bowl was he's bad at stopping the run. He's great in pass coverage. And uh, I had those in reverse. He's great at pass coverage, bad at run defense, but they had the best run defense in the NFL during the Super Bowl season of 21. So Devin White could just focus on pass defense. And uh, apparently they they just bailed on Devin White altogether. So they got to work through that. 
the one thing that is good for them, and this will always be the, the one thing Tampa has working for them, regardless of question marks about Baker or Mike Evans or whatever, they're always going to be good at stopping the run. You know why? Because they have Vita Vea. And Vita Vea <laughs> is 360 pounds of man muscle that breaks off the line like an edge rusher. That man said, you're going to run the tush push. I say no. You know why they didn't score the tush push? Because Vita Vea said no. That man <laughs> is the most freakish body in the NFL. And I love him so much. Yeah. And they put him next to 300 pounds of man muscle in Kalijah Kansi. And now they have 700 pounds of beefcake blocking the run on the inside until that last touchdown the Lions scored they didn't allow a rushing touchdown in six games because of Vita Vea and Kalijah Kansi just being giant hulking men in the middle of that defense so that's the one thing they'll always have going for them is they got that run defense down great and uh, I think that's actually going to go a long way because a big reason why they ended up winning those games late in the season is because defense stepped up when the Bucks offense uh, was not uh, remember that nine nothing game against the Panthers that they won yeah. uh, a couple of those games at the end of the season was just our defense is going to show up and show out with Jamel Dean and 700 pounds of man muscle in the middle and maybe we'll get enough pass rush to be able to counter teams also so we'll see what happens but I know that a lot of your issues get easier when you have Vita Vea in the middle just being the most freakish in a sport of freak athletes he is the most freakish of the body types and I in high school I just always love bringing up in high school he played running back so uh imagine trying to stand in front of that dude playing running back in in against 16 and 17 year olds yeah I mean okay so like projecting the box of the, their best path to the playoffs on a year in year out basis is just ultimately going to be winning their own division right now i feel as though confident in saying the bucks are still the favorite in this division as things currently stand i still think that they're better than the saints and they're definitely better than the panthers for what it's worth yeah i i, I don't think the saints thing is going to work out because they don't really have much of a way to improve their roster this upcoming off season and i've said that um dennis allen and and Derek Carr was a two-year pairing together, and if it starts to go bad next year, they might just cut bait in the middle of the season and fire Dennis Allen and bench Derek Carr and just tank a season to try and get a draft pick <laughs> while they they reset. I, and I think put in interim coach John Gruden, <laughs> apparently oh, working no, around their I staff. For, I forgot about that. <laughs> oh, God. Well, let's worry about that next year with the Saints, or maybe not. Yeah. Uh, honestly, Jeff Saturday got to be an interim head coach. Just go. Well, you, you heard no. it here first. If it happens, it did happen on this recording. No, my recommendation is just go let Drew Brees be interim coach for like eight weeks. Who cares? He he, <laughs> he lives down the street anyways. Just just let's do that. Let's let's do that instead. Uh, but yeah, I don't think the Saints are, are going to be very good next year. And they're, you know, Dennis Allen starts the season as like the coach most on the hot seat of any in the NFL. Yeah, too many uncertainties with the Falcons. Uh, if I were giving like a, a pie chart analysis, I would say like the Falcons could be anywhere from like 20% chance to win the division to like 50% chance to win the division, depending on what they do with this coaching quarterback combination, because they they obviously have the 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 six really talented players on their team that could make or break a season. So they, they have those in place. That's a, a good start to any foundation. The Panthers, oh, buddy, <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen with that team. So, yeah, yeah, I, I think you'd have to say Tampa's probably the front runner. And then 
the the Falcons are are in the same boat, but I think the NFC South might be putting in work towards getting to that AFC South territory. I think I think we're we're pretty certain they're going to be the fourth seed in the NFC playoffs next year, and there's only going to be one team from the NFC South in the playoffs, right? I think that's what both of us are saying is that it's probably going to be a one probably. playoff team division. I I don't see them sending multiple when I consider okay, well the West is going to send potentially multiple every year you know and the east is probably gonna send at least two every year so uh, yeah what's happening with the eagles you know uh <laughs> well, we'll, see, we'll see we'll see we'll see the north hey you know healthy kirk cousins if they continue moving forward uh packers looking good we'll get to them lions good obviously too <laughs> File 100% free with TurboTax Free Edition. Roughly 37% of taxpayers qualify. Form 1040 and limited credits only. See how at TurboTax.com. That's me! So Mike Vrabel's gone, but he's not the only one. Derek Henry gave a farewell address after absolutely decimating the Jacksonville Jaguars, eliminating them from the playoffs. He's on the older side for running backs, but we know he's a genetic freak. We know this guy just can just plow through a brick wall. So any team would be lucky to have him. Who knows how long his prime is? Who knows how long he's going to be able to sustain this level? We saw a little bit of injury concerns here in the last couple of years. Kyle, now that Derrick Henry's presumably just going to be out there for anyone, what do you think? What do you think about his next phase and next step in the NFL? Well, I'm I'm surprised that the Titans don't want to keep him around till the wheels fall off just because he is the greatest player in that franchise's history. And I'm not talking about the Houston Oilers days. They don't get to keep the Houston Oilers. But in that in the 25 years of Tennessee Titans football, he's the best player in their franchise's history. He's one of like two running backs in the last decade who's going to get inducted into the Hall of Fame. And Derrick Henry, I'm surprised that they weren't just going to keep him till the wheels fell off. But I guess everyone else got fired. And so they decided to just clean house and start over again with a new general manager in Rand Carthon. So they're, they're, they've already done the franchise tag. They're just going to let him walk and he can go to pretty much anywhere he wants, which I guess is exciting for Derrick Henry. You get to potentially cash out one more time on a big contract. But what's interesting is that we, we talked about the idea of doing this video and I just was going through the teams and I'm just struggling to find the perfect fit for Derrick Henry other than just like him going to a rebuilding team and just eating, you know, his 1300 yards while the team goes five and 12 or something like that. I really haven't found the spot that I think would work great for Derrick Henry going forward, but it's exciting for him that he gets to have the free agency space. Uh, The one that I landed on and does he want to be a little petty because I think the Houston Texans would be the perfect place for him to go. Uh, if he wanted to sign somewhere mine. and stay in the AFC South. Yeah, it's it's too good, man. The Texans yeah. have a strong offensive line. They they obviously made these huge leaps on offense. They're working with Devin Singletary right now. I That's the one that makes sense to me. The other one is like maybe the Vikings, but yeah, I, the Texans make a lot of sense. <laughs> okay, yeah. So let's talk about that a little bit. I will just throw in, of course, we know Baltimore tried to pursue him in a trade this past season. 
add their name in the list is just a team to monitor. But yeah, the Houston Texans, they just have a ton of cap space this coming off season. Uh, we look at their running game right now. Devin Singletary, not really doing it. Uh, Damian Pierce, not really doing it. You add in Derrick Henry there, a guy who knows the division. I mean, I mentioned it at the, at the start of the video. It seems like every time the Titans played the Jacksonville Jaguars in recent years, Derrick Henry was right there running for 150 yards, two touchdowns on them. So given if I'm the Houston Texans, who's going to be my biggest competition for the next few years as far as winning this division on a yearly basis? It's probably Jacksonville. So I want the guy who absolutely owns Jacksonville to be on my team, especially when I don't really have an established run game. Now, there's some drawbacks to Derrick Henry. It's not just I insert Derrick Henry and I'm just getting a superstar stud. You do have to also consider he's not necessarily a three down running back. And what I mean by that is he's not involved in the passing game as much as a lot of other running backs. So you do have to almost supplement him in that way. But if you are a team that likes to establish an early lead and just pound the rock, obviously he's a perfect guy to add into your onto your roster. So yeah, I think Houston is a logical fit. It gives CJ Stroud another weapon. Um, but what about like a team like Baltimore? I, I, again, like I don't know how cap space is going to be an issue for them moving forward. But we know they were a team that was most interested in getting him this past season. Oh man, that would be so unfair. That would be so unfair if Derrick Henry ended up on Baltimore, which granted it's not the same Derrick Henry that it was two years ago. So it's not like, oh my God, they just discovered the cheat code. But man, that I hadn't even thought about that because I remember they were trying to trade for Derrick Henry. Like there were whispers around that, but man, Baltimore would actually be a great choice. I know that Gus Edwards has been very good and they're still, you know, hoping that J.K. Dobbins post second major knee injury will have something left in the tank. But man, Baltimore is a good option. I'm not I mean, they're the number one seed. So obviously they're a good option. I mean, I I feel as though they don't need him because, as you mentioned, Gus Edwards gives them what they want from that power back goal line back perspective. And assumedly, if like J.K. Dobbins comes back to them next year after his most recent injury, they've been able to get the most out of guys like Justice Hill uh, Kevon Mitchell, you know, came in for a few games before he tore his ACL and was pretty exciting too. a good little slasher back for them. So they don't necessarily need it because they seem like they have a good committee there. And obviously we know that Lamar got paid. So they do have to get a little bit more creative with how they use their money because Derrick Henry, where, wherever he goes, he's not going to take a discount necessarily just because he's on the older side, because he's still running well. If he was running poorly, if this was like applauding three yards to carry Derrick Henry, then I would say, okay, you might be able to get him on like a seven, $8 million deal, but I think he's still going to demand somewhere in the double digit millions, you know, as far as like his next contract per on a per year basis. So, you know, other teams, again, you know, if I mentioned cap issues for Baltimore, I also have to say the same about Buffalo, even though I love Buffalo is the best option, I think, because I think he's just a logical fit over there. You know, when I think about like a guy, Derrick Henry's size, build, I think cold weather. I think a guy that's just going to just put people into the snow, just plant their face into like a foot of snow. And I think Derrick Henry could be that guy if he went to a place like Buffalo, whether it's Buffalo or Baltimore. You have athletic quarterbacks that can move, which always tends to aid the running game. So I think that he would make a lot of sense there if they can make it work within their cap. 
You mentioned Minnesota earlier. Minnesota makes a lot of sense, but it depends what Minnesota wants to do because Minnesota needs a running back. (laughs) Let's just put it out there right away. Minnesota needs a running back in order to balance out their offense a little bit. Minnesota needs to get that ground game going. They're in a situation where they just don't even know who their next quarterback is. Are they going to bring in Kirk Cousins again? Are they going to go rookie quarterback? Which, again, if you mentioned Derrick Henry going to like a rebuilding team, a team in the middle of a rebuild, I guess Minnesota does make sense from that perspective. But I imagine Derrick Henry at this point in his career wants to go to a team in which he has a chance to win a championship. I hope that he doesn't take the J.J. Watt route and just go to like a Arizona, right, and just take the highest contract he can. But you know what happens more often than not? Money talks, bullshit walks sometimes. And Sometimes that's more of a priority for players than actual rings. Minnesota, while they might be willing to pay him more or so, I don't think that they're they're the best fit for his career or his legacy, I should say. Legacy building mode we are for Derrick Henry at this point. Yeah, I think it's probably a combination of the two. Like maybe he won't take the biggest offer on the table like J.J. Watt did, or, you know, maybe a rebuilding team won't offer the biggest contract on the table for Derrick Henry, but... It would be cool to see him play for Ooh. one of these playoff contending teams. I just remembered like a team I was thinking about. What do you think of this? And I hate this, first of all. Let me say this, but Dallas. What has Dallas's biggest issue been this year, right? Short yardage, goal line situations. Tony Pollard just not able to get it done. Like we, they needed a little bit of that thunder and lightning between him and Zeke. And without Zeke there, we're starting to see the limitations of Tony Pollard. I don't know if Pollard would be back next year if the Cowboys were to make this move, but I would add that I think that they can always find another Tony Pollard. If they got Derrick Henry, I think that that would make their offense very balanced, very scary. What do you think of Dallas? If if the problem for Dallas, okay, so Dallas has some money to work with. I should mention that. And Dallas also has the highest percentage of yards of offense by any single player this year, which is CeeDee Lamb. So, but if if the problem for Dallas is that you just need a goal line back, and granted, Tony Pollard is a free agent at the end of the year. They did franchise tag him last year and haven't signed him to an extension. So they can get off of that money. So they have money to work with. But if the issue is not Tony Pollard and the issue is just a, a goal line back, go get... What is it? Leader of the Hidden Village of the Dead, Jamal Williams over there with the Saints. Just go get a goal line back. Like, that's kind of the thinking around that. But if you want to just swap out Pollard for Derrick Henry because Henry gives you more versatility. Sure, I guess I guess you could understand that that logic behind it. But I, I, same thing with Buffalo. Like, I know I've been saying for years, Buffalo's running game just can never get it right. Just they've never been able to to figure out the running game unless it's just josh allen plowing forward and running dudes over but they actually now are starting to figure out the run game with james cook like it actually looks pretty good so i don't know if i want to just completely blow it up when all they probably really need is like not leonard fournette as their backup running back just draft a third round or fourth round running back plug him in and see what you can get but it's just kind of the idea you don't need to blow up your running back room for Derrick Henry if you have a good thing going. Well, let me throw out another team, too, because this team has a lot of assets coming into this draft, um, a lot of cap space to work with, with a rookie quarterback coming in. What about Chicago? Chicago's coming in. They don't have really a defined running back at this point. I I know they use a little bit combination of Dante Foreman, Khalil Herbert, Rashawn Johnson out of Texas, Hook'em. But other than that, like, 
those are all nice backs in their own right, but obviously no, nowhere near the talent that Derrick Henry is. You have a rookie quarterback coming in. You want to protect them. You want to give them weapons, no matter if it's Caleb Williams or let's say even they pull a wild card and decide to stay with Justin Fields. The Chicago Bears just need more offensive talent to work with because they decided today that they're going to keep Matt Eberflus as their head coach moving forward. Matt Eberflus, he seems like a guy that I imagine wants to run Give me a good defense. Give me a good running game. We can figure out the passer as we go. But if I have those two components working, we could win a lot of football games. And the Chicago Bears, to their credit, this back half of the season, have started to win football games. Give me a guy that's, again, just going to put people's faces in the dirt like Derrick Henry. And I think that that might aid them in winning a few more ball games next year. What do you think of Chicago? Earlier, we were talking about Derrick Henry wanting to, you know, have a, a, a swan song part of his career and help his legacy and stuff like that. I don't think going to Chicago is the right, right way to go because four games into running on that mucky field that they have in Chicago, he is going to rip up his knee and it's going to be over for Derrick Henry. I would not wish any running back to have to play on that godforsaken terrible odd field that they have in Chicago. I've this yeah. long. Why don't we just make it more of a challenge for him by going to the the muck it up sog field of Chicago? I I know, but like you know, just again, given the other factors, I'm saying if you're Chicago and if you just obviously decide again to move off of Justin Fields, then Caleb Williams, you're hoping that he's the real deal. If Caleb Williams comes in and he is the real deal, you know, add in Derrick Henry, DJ Moore. This offense is starting to come together a little bit, starting to look a little bit nicer. Like, you, you don't think that that's a team that maybe could be a little bit competitive, especially in the NFC North, that I'm not going to say is like completely just locking the Lions for the next 10 years. Obviously, bringing in Derrick Henry will make the Chicago Bears better. I don't know if it makes if it's like the piece that they're missing to get over the hump or whatever you think Chicago is missing, but they will be a better football team with Derrick Henry than they will be without him. That's why they'll be paying the 10 to 13 million dollars a year in order to sign Derrick Henry. They will obviously be better with Derrick Henry. And by the way, they've actually been investing in the offensive line. So it's not like the the Bears teams of Justin Fields' rookie year where they couldn't just block anyone to save their lives. They actually do have a halfway decent offensive line this year. Okay, and another team, I'm just going to throw this one out there, the Los Angeles Chargers. Now, I know that they had some resistance to paying Austin Eckler this past year, but as it proved, that was probably the right move by them because Austin Eckler did not look like his uh, prime self this past season. Derrick Henry, obviously similar comp to Austin Eckler in the sense of age range and how much they're going to get paid. Um, but when I think about what is missing in this Chargers offense, the fact that they haven't really had like a pounder, a solid running back, like, you know, on the early downs has just been something that I think that Justin Herbert could benefit from even more than Austin Eckler. And again, I'm not going to diminish Austin Eckler as a good running back. But we know what his skill set is, and I think that his skill set may not necessarily be the best for Justin Herbert because they already got pass catchers all across the field, right? Give me at least one power running back like Derrick Henry, and I think that this offense could really move. Jim Harbaugh, he's going to want the power running back because that's exactly what Jim Harbaugh likes to do. And heck, maybe you sign Derrick Henry, maybe you sign Blake Corum this year, compliment them off of each other. I think that that's a scary offense right there if 
that's what the future of the Los Angeles Chargers is. I would laugh so hard if the Chargers, who currently have the 32nd most cap space in the NFL of any team right now, if the Chargers use their very limited cap space that they can create by like converting some contracts to base salaries and paying it up front, if they then took that limited cap space and gave it to Derrick Henry to replace Austin Eckler, who is obviously a bit injured, but heading into his 30s, so you could argue maybe Eckler is at the back end of his success, and, and you just articulated great points about why you would make the switch from Eckler to Henry. But if they did that while having the worst passing defense in the NFL and chose to go that route over going for a corner, oh my God, that would be hilarious. I would love it if the Chargers well, did something dumb like here's that. Here's the thing, like how many like high-profile free agent corners are really going to be out there on the open market this year that the Chargers are really going to go pursue. They could probably draft one. And here's the other thing I would also add to that. We noticed in the last few weeks that their defense does have talent. It just might have been being used incorrectly by defensive genius Brandon Staley. So I know that Harbaugh, I think, is going to use the defensive talent on that team a little bit better. And maybe they might not jump from worst to first as far as like their defense next year. But if you told me they come back towards the middle of the pack next year and aren't such an albatross on this team going into next year, that might fix itself just by making a switch at head coach. I agree with that. I think that Brandon Staley obviously was not getting very much out of them. Their defense did improve even as they went 0-3 after Staley got fired to end the season, which in fairness, they got the sixth pick in the draft or the five pick in the draft. I think that's a pretty fair trade off, I'd say at the end to the point about Derek Henry and the Chargers. I think it's like fifth on the list of teams like I was uh, I wouldn't have thought the Chargers would be a fit in the Derek Henry sweepstakes, but I guess they are kind of a revolving door right now. So maybe they'd flip up the running back room like we're looking at the the Texans both of us agree is the team that makes the most sense Baltimore is one that you brought up that I think would be really interesting Vikings if he just wanted to, to, to take the biggest contract potentially and the Vikings were tired of the revolving door of running backs that they've had uh Dallas Dallas, Dallas is a fine yeah. mention yeah like I would even pick those teams before I got down to the Chargers but if the I think the Chargers would probably have to offer the most money. I don't really think Derrick Henry's taking a, a, a discount to try and run it back with the Chargers or something like that. The Chargers probably fall closer into the Vikings camp of like, I mean, yeah, the, the Chargers are, have the quarterback and they're going to have a coach probably better than Brandon Staley coming in the yeah. door. But that's that's like the Vikings one. It's like if you just want to take the money for the biggest offer, maybe you go there. One quick note I would mention about the Vikings. It was also reported that Kirk Cousins might take a hometown discount, quote unquote, hometown discount there, which tells me maybe he's at the point where he's like, I've made enough money. If I could just supplement my team with more talent, I'm willing to do it. And if that's the case, then sure, the Vikings are interesting. Obviously, we're talking about a team that was a playoff team a year ago. Could have been a playoff team this year if Kirk Cousins didn't get hurt. They had issues with the running game. If they fixed the running game, they have Justin Jefferson. Kirk Cousins is back healthy. The offensive line has been slowly improving over the years. And if Brian Flores sticks around to coach that defense again, the Vikings actually aren't that bad as far as like potential competitiveness added to who can <laughs> offer me the best contract. The Vikings can get back to 10 and seven. That's what they can. The Vikings but get 10 and seven. Here, here's what I would say about that. They could get back to 10 and seven, but I feel as though I would like their 10 and seven roster better than I would like their 13 win roster. If Derrick Henry was over there. Yeah, probably. But the Vikings just exist in this space where in every season of Kirk Cousins career, 
they have they've won between seven and ten games, except for last year where they won thirteen. But we all knew that the thirteen was fraudulent because they were just pulling these games out of their ass and going ten and zero in one score games. Every other year, Kirk Cousins has been there. It's seven and ten wins. That's what the Vikings exist for. The lowest end of their spectrum is seven. The highest end of their spectrum is ten, and that's kind of the space that the Vikings occupy at this point. So yeah, Derrick Henry on the Vikings would be great. It's all that money that they saved not paying Dalvin Cook. They can just pass along to Derrick Henry, and they just took one year to reset the the salary cap space. They're in a unique position to offer Derrick Henry the most money of any of these teams that we mentioned, other than the Bears, because the Bears do have a, a ton of cap space. So we'll see what ends up happening with with those choices. But the Vikings are in a super position to offer the most money of any team in the Derrick Henry sweepstakes. All right, guys. Well, Derrick Henry, he's going to be out there. A lot of teams are going to be interested. Which team do you think ends up bringing in the former 2,000-yard rusher? Love to hear your thoughts in the comment section. Leave a like on the video. Subscribe to the channel. Follow us on all our social medias. From Chuju and Kyle, stay safe, happy, and healthy. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.